Well, welcome to Buzz on Book Biz. My guest today is Kay Wagner, and she is the CEO and founder of North Star Marketing, which is based in Pennsylvania. She's a 20-year veteran of marketing. She's a published author and an award-winning communicator. She's experienced in marketing, advertising, branding, and in radio, television, and with ad agencies. She's a public speaker and a filmmaker as well. Welcome, Kay. Thank you, Rochelle. It's so good to be here with you and with your audience. Well, you have such a wide range of expertise and skills, Kay. I hardly know where to start, but I will start with your latest book, which has such an intriguing title. It's called Everything You and Your Boss Should Know About Branding. And then the subtitle is The CEO's Little Black Book on Branding. So tell us about your book. Yes. So the CEO's Little Black Book on Branding is a book that is, um, it really explains to CEOs, to leaders, how branding works as part of the whole marketing and sales function within a company, right? So a lot of people know that like Coke and Pepsi, those are two brands in the soda category. However, what a lot of leaders don't realize is that you have a brand, whether by design or default. So even if you think you haven't created a brand, you actually have a brand. And that's not only true for large corporations like Pepsi and Coke. It's true for you. It's true for me. We have personal brands, hopefully magnetic personal brands that draw people to us, right? So the book was really designed and written for people who have come into their positions of leadership, uh, not necessarily through the sales and marketing channel. When I was speaking around the country to a lot of CEO peer groups, what I discovered was that when I talked about branding, people knew a brand when they saw it, but they weren't really sure how to get there how to create it in an intentional manner. So we have CEOs that came up through finance or operations, logistics, but not necessarily through brand, through marketing and sales. And so those were the people who I really wanted to reach and to say, look, branding is a thing. You can control, design, create your own brand, and then use it to really propel yourself forward. Because branding is really a shortcut for an audience to make a buying decision. When you, under, when you know a brand, right, when you have familiarity, when you go to the restaurant and the people say, what would you like to drink? And I say, Diet Coke. That's a shortcut to buying. I already know the brand. And I'm loyal. I don't drink a lot of Diet Coke. But um, if I'm going to have a soda, it's going to be a Coke, not a Pepsi. It's just, you know, the brand that I'm familiar with and that I like. Same thing in the business world. We buy based on the shortcut of what we know, what we're comfortable with, and we know will deliver. So there's a brand promise and there's delivery of that brand promise. Okay. Sounds like a really good book. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks. Now, tell me a little bit about how you got your book published and and your previous books. Yes, so I have two books. The first book that I wrote is The Power Principles of Marketing, 
So in the power principles of marketing, there are 10 of them. Um, I go through and explain these different power principles of marketing and how to use them, how to apply them in your business. So that's really marketing focused. And then the branding book came second because I realized that people were using the power principles of marketing, but they were missing the branding piece. They didn't know where it fit in. So I wanted to paint a complete picture for them. So they have marketing and then branding. And so I self-published both books. Um, I created a publishing company and published them through that. So we bought the ISBN numbers and we did, you know, the whole process that that is familiar to a lot of people now. It wasn't as familiar um, back 15, 10, 15 years ago when I um, started publishing. But we did a print run of 20,000 on the power principles of marketing. We did a print run of 10,000 on the uh, CEO's Little Black Book on branding. All of those books are gone. I have um, 10 in my vault, <laughs> and um, I won't let them out, but they are also available digitally, of course. So the publishing or the printing part of it isn't an issue like it was at one time. Okay, so a lot of people who self-publish have, you know, 5,000 books in their garage and they're, they're all wondering how on earth did you get rid of all these books? (laughs) Right. Right. So my strategy in terms of self-publishing was twofold. I knew that I wasn't writing books to get rich as an author. My strategy was to use the book as the golden ticket to the stage and to be able to put myself on literally a speaking stage, but also a platform for the body of my work. And so I gave away a ton of books and I sold books, but the number of books that I gave away as a business card, if you will, uh-huh. far was far greater than the number of books that I sold. Okay. So did you, like, what did you do to market the book other than using it uh, when you were on speaking engagements? How did you market it? So the way that I marketed it is really when you have an idea, when you have a um, lead magnet or something that you want to get out into the marketplace, you use it everywhere. So I would use it in, in, I would reference it in everything that I wrote, in my email signature, in any social media work, in any, in every marketing vehicle that I had. It was like, you know how you say, I'm Kay Wagner with North Star Marketing? It would be, I'm Kay Wagner, author of, and always making that link whenever I would talk about myself, write about myself, write about the company, everything. And so for me, the work, the body of work, as in the two books, was so totally aligned with the work that I do that it was very natural. It was just a natural extension of what I do. Right. Now, that totally makes sense. So would you say then that the the book has actually really contributed positively to your company? I would say that the book is the book. And the speaking engagements generated from that book would probably be responsible for 80% of our success. Wow. Wow. That's, that's huge. Mm-hmm. It is huge. 
Well, and I think that speaks to the quality of your books. I haven't read them, but I'm going to because I am in the marketing space myself. And uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that I will learn a lot from you from your books. But I, I know that, you know, a lot of people have just cranked out whatever and thrown it up on Amazon and hope that it magically sells itself on Amazon and wonder what if it doesn't. And so... I think that that speaks to your marketing skill to market your own book, but I also think it must have something to do with the quality of your books. Well, I, I hope so. <laughs> um, so I, I want to tell you something that's really interesting when you talk about um, just putting something together and throwing it up and seeing if it sticks, right? So when I wrote the first book, The Power Principles of Marketing, the way that I wrote that book, I had created a presentation called The Power Principles of Marketing, 10 Power Principles. And I presented that um, PowerPoint, that presentation for about two years to any audience I could possibly get in front of. And I worked that material and I worked that material. Then I took a summer and every Friday morning, I took four four or five hours of the morning I took all of my presentation materials, feedback, everything, and wrote the book. So I had this continuous feedback loop through speaking and then writing and then speaking and then writing to be able to really hone the quality of the material. Well, that answers the question right there, is that you did market research effectively and refined the work based on what you learned through that research and feedback. Yeah. I, so I know here's something here's a lot a, of writers do, right? Yeah. So here's a quick tip for your people, Rochelle, that I always use. I call it rapid recall. And so at the end of every speech, at the end of every engagement with a group or with a person that I have, I always use a technique called rapid recall to get that feedback. And rapid recall is just that. It's fast. It's like, what's your aha moment from today? And so when I heard certain phrases keep getting repeated time and time again in rapid recall, I'm like, okay, pay attention to those because that's what's sticking for the audience. Right. That's a really good tip. And I I know that will benefit people in the audience who are listening. And if they are interested in marketing a book, that's a, a golden tip there. Thank you. So I also wanted to find out what do you think are the key ingredients of a good business book? I think that is a really, really good question because a lot of people who are using a book as a business marketing tool, Mm -hmm. which is what I did, will think that a book needs to be like a lecture in print or education in print, right? And so I would suggest that people look at their book in a little bit of a different way. And I would say that that there are kind of three things that I think about with a business book, specifically a business book, right? Number one is that you do need to have sound, proven principles in your body of work that you're writing about. This is not just about, I think this might work. This is about, this works, I've proven it, I have the data, I have the research, I have the experience, the expertise, real life 
proven strategies, real life work. It's kind of like, you know, the, um, the series of books like Websites for Dummies or Golf for Dummies or whatever it is. Those books are so popular because they're real. They actually work. Mm-hmm. And it's also proven out in YouTube that how-to videos are the most watched videos there are. And so in doing a business book, you want to have that combination of proven processes, proven strategies and tips. doesn't have to be a how-to book, but it does need to be based on real work, on real um, results. So that's the first thing that I would recommend is that um, there's research behind it, there's experience, and there's proven processes. The second thing that makes a book a really good book, good business book, is storytelling. So using stories to illustrate, you know, as far back as humanity, stories have been the way that we remember, the way that we learn, the way we're entertained. The stories will forever move the body of work forward. And those are often, if you listen in rapid recall, those are often the things that people remember the most. So telling stories is really good. And particularly, if you're using your business book as a business card, a way to get in the door with your body of work, using your client stories to illustrate success is really a good way to do it as well. And then the last thing that I would say for a good business book, and this is even more so with a physical book, but is the look, feel, the design of the book. So it's not, so I think about people not just reading a book, but how can they absorb a book? How can you as an author help your reader to absorb the material, to take it in, without necessarily reading every line, every page, every chapter. Because we know that people don't necessarily read the whole book, but they will look through it. And what, if you had a book and they looked through that, what would they remember just from looking through it and then reading it? So reaching people with a book at different levels, absorbing the material, taking it in, really speaks to the design of the book, to how you use call-outs, how you use visuals, the actual look and feel of the cover with the CEO's Little Black Book on branding because it's a little black book. We changed the size of it to make it a square. We did the binding with a wire binding and the cover of the book was the most expensive cover because it was like a black felt cover And then the CEO's Little Black Book, we debossed in silver. So you get this sense of luxury when you actually hold it. So the design, the look, the feel, the cover, the interior, how to absorb a book is really important as well. Well, and matching the content, you know, and you were trying to appeal to that audience, the CEO audience. So that, that sounds wonderful. I'm definitely buying your book. <laughs> I want to see what you did, uh, not just for the content, but the design element. And of course, things like photographs or diagrams or, you know, infographics, uh, whatever, all, always add to uh, the readability 
the enjoyability and sometimes the memorability of a book. Right, right. And also the value too, you know, because now when you're doing a book and you read it on Kindle or read it in whatever, you know, reader electronically, as an author, you have the ability to put in links and to take people and, you know, to resources. So you're really adding additional value to it. That's a very good point. And I know audiobooks have just become, uh, you know, they've skyrocketed in popularity. So many people who are maybe older readers and they're having difficulty reading um, because of their eyesight or people that want to listen to a book while they're jogging or driving or whatever. Um, and so that's another audience that wants to consume books and they do it through, through audiobooks. Yeah, so it's really good to to have a strategy for different ways to um, release a book, different ways to get your body of work in front of people, not necessarily in their hands, like you're saying, but in their headset, in their earphones. Right. Do you think that most authors really have a good grasp of the marketing of a book? I don't think so. I think that um, many people want to express themselves and want to get out, you know, want to get their story or their body of work out into the world. And I applaud that for everyone. I think that having a book and actually going through the discipline of writing a book is really, really valuable. And speaks to the fact that you should be elevated as an author because it's hard work. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to put in the time you need to, you really need to do it. But I think a lot of people, Rochelle, start without thinking about the back end of it, the, the marketing part of it. And I think maybe the strategy is, I hope this is going to be a bestseller. And um, as we know, hope is not a strategy. The um, creation of a bestseller through large publishing firms is a very, very intentional um, act, and it starts before a book is written. Um, Amazon bestseller lists, USA bestseller lists, those often start with a strategy, with a marketing strategy as well. Right. So what do you recommend to authors who are trying to decide between self-publishing and trying to get a traditional publisher uh, deal? What would you say to them? Um, I would say it depends on what your goals are. My goal was to get a book into the market as quickly as I had it written. And I did not have the appetite for waiting on a publisher to see the value of my work. I was not going for bestseller status. I wanted a book I could give to people or sell to people to move the story of my work forward. And so self-publishing was the best way to do that. Right. You know, working with a publisher is an entirely different um, way to go to market relationship. And because of technology and the way the world works today, we are no longer um, held hostage, maybe is a strong term, but held hostage by the publishing world. 
and we can go straight to the reader and give, you know, deliver our body of work straight to the reader. Right. The challenge then is getting it into bookstores, right? I mean, as much as people love to shop online now, especially with COVID, uh, there's still great value to being uh, your book being on a shelf in a big box bookstore, right? Or a small independent bookstore. Right. There is always value in that. <clears throat> and probably no greater joy than seeing your book in the bookstore. Right. It's like you've arrived, right? <laughs> you're right. real. Your book is real. <laughs> yeah, you're legitimate. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. Right. Uh, when you think about your career now, you've written two books. Do you have another one in the go in mind? That's a really, really good question, Rochelle. And um, I do have a book brewing. Um, I say brewing because it's it's not on paper. It's still just in my mind, and I. I kind of circle around the ideas and um, I I haven't incubated it, I don't think, quite long enough to get it down on paper. Um, I did start writing a book about five years ago. And at that time, I was doing a lot of travel for speaking and, and other business work. And I had a notebook with me and I was probably into it about three or four chapters and um, had the notebook stolen. Oh, no. And since I was often writing on the plane physically, I had no digital backup. Oh, dear. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> oh. And so that, that kind of stopped me in my tracks for a while. But now I think I'm ready to start again. I'll just do it differently. <laughs> well, you know, now there are these uh these pads that you that are like an iPad that you actually hand write on and it can upload it to the cloud and convert it into text. So that might be your, your next yeah. uh, you know birthday gift you should tell your husband about this. <laughs> yeah. I actually just got one a month ago. Oh you did? Okay. There you go. No, it sounds like you're the perfect person if you can manage to do handwriting and get it into text and not lose it um yes yes that's awesome do you like it is it a good tool um it is uh you know i hand i hand wrote both of my books and then i typed them myself because i kind of typed and edited as i went um and i have used it it's called remarkable um i'm not quite used to it yet I still find myself reaching for a piece of paper. I'm not in the habit of using it yet. Yeah. I think I would find that hard. I, I love handwriting and I have a particular pen that I like to write with. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and I find a different pen. It looks, my writing looks so different on the page if I use a different pen. And it's just yeah. this weird little thing, right? That you have a quirk about handwriting. Um, well, another final question I wanted to ask you is, in your view, how has COVID changed how we should market books? Do you think there's been a big change that we need to be aware of? 
I think there might be a short-term change, but I think the long-term marketing strategies, the strategies that we've used um, will continue to be very strong and will continue to guide writers and publishers um, over the long haul, which is really um, about reaching audiences beyond the printed word in different ways. Now, what I what I think is really interesting, Rochelle, is if you look at the banner behind you and the top line says video scripts, right? And so when you write a book now, you don't only think about just writing a book. You think about how do I translate that into a video chapter? How do I translate that into conversation on a podcast, an audio book? I think the strategy not necessarily because of COVID, but maybe um, accelerated by COVID, is really to have these multiple ways of distributing what I call your body of work, which translates into your book and then beyond. Right. Well, I know I have a client I wrote a press release for her book launch, uh, and she's uh, very widely known in a specific area as a public speaker. She's been all over the U.S. and Canada. And suddenly, of course, like with most public speakers, the, the stage has disappeared with COVID and the events moved online. Mm-hmm. And the adjustment there has been that you, you don't have a stack of books at the back of the room you can pitch, right? Right. So, you know, you, you have the opportunity then to pitch your book as an electronic book or give people the, the link in you know in the, the zoom or whatever is being used for that that event uh it's it changes it changes the way that the book is delivered perhaps or it still entices people if they want uh the people that just can't stand electronic books they just really need that physical book in their hands and at least they get to promote the book and most people can go and buy uh, a hardcover or paperback but it does it does seem that the stage you know, losing the physical stage has changed the book part for public speakers trying to pitch their business using their book, right? Yeah, I think you're right. I think that, um, you know, while we can actually get on more stages now because of virtual stages, you do lose some of the depth of um, connection, interaction, and the ability to have and show and give, not necessarily show, but give or sell your book in the same way. And yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And it'll be interesting to see how much of the real stage has come back, you know? And I think that there's going to be a legacy from COVID. Some things are going to be different uh, because, because we've all learned now what we can do without being face-to-face and um, companies are looking at this, right? They're they're just telling employees, you might be staying at home, like working from home might become just the real thing now (laughs) for for some folks. It doesn't work for all, of course. So I I just really appreciate your expertise in so many areas of marketing and how you have brought that to bear here in this conversation. I want to thank you so much, Kate, for your time. And for sharing with us, I think, some really good advice and tips uh, for anyone out there who's marketing a book, who's thinking about marketing their book, 
and um, and also knowing what goes into a good book. Those were great, great tips. So thank you for sharing your passion, your knowledge, and your expertise with us today. Thank you, Rochelle. My pleasure. All right. Well, look forward to seeing this up on uh, Spotify and on Apple Podcasts in the next. Fantastic. Thanks again. Thank you so much. So thank you so much for joining us at Buzz on Book Biz. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, could you give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? That would be terrific. Information and links about today's guest are in the show notes. And if you'd like to connect with me, please visit my website, RochelleWiseman.com. And my email is Rochelle at RochelleWiseman.com. So until next time, stay safe and read a good book. Bye for now.